on Easter Sunday night. I always know the crowd is low on Easter Sunday night because we go home and binge on the chocolate bunnies and go into those sugar comas for a little while and eat all of that ham and sleep. And uh, some folks go out of town, but good to see you here. Boy, I had a great morning this morning. Uh, thank the Lord for working in our service. Just a great spirit and uh, lots and lots of visitors today. And on that note, let me say right quick, thank you to all of those who went out uh, the last couple of weeks specifically for our Easter outreach. And I think we probably had 30 or 40 go out yesterday uh, as a group. And then some went out before and some went out later. And uh, I printed off a map for Miley. We hit Highway 49 West uh, yesterday uh, between Walmart and Forest General. And I said, Miley, every one of those gray dots, I need you to count them for me. I mean, the life of a preacher's kid, right? Uh, I said, that's the least you can do. We give you free room and board, at least count the dots on the map. And I think she counted over 800 houses that we hit just yesterday, uh, hitting on the west of Highway 49. It was exciting this morning to get to see and to meet some of the visitors that were here uh, and even be told by some of them that we were in their neighborhood yesterday. What a blessing that is. Uh, even those that we ran into yesterday, they were already saved and already had a church home. They were very encouraged that somebody was out and about inviting people to church and sharing Christ with them. And so thank you to everybody who went out. Let's keep that up in the coming days and weeks ahead. Our desires in 2022 that we do our best to let Hattiesburg know that Central Baptist Church is here. And before long, we'll be starting our Heart for the Hub uh, campaign, trying to reach every household here in Hattiesburg and looking forward to that. So thank you to all who went. I thank the Lord, or I know the Lord honored the efforts of those that did. I know there were two uh, professions of faith this morning, probably a few more that I'm not sure about, but God bless that and we're thankful for that. Thank you to all the choir members. My goodness, you folks worked extremely, extremely hard. And a lot of work, a lot of effort went into that. And boy, what a blessing it was to our church. Let's give our choir a hand tonight. They did a tremendous job this morning. It was such an encouraging time. And uh, by the way, on a music note, thank you, Brother John, for filling in for us tonight. Uh, I usually spend a little extra time back there praying right before I come out. And uh, my phone started blowing, Brother John. I have to tell you, people telling me, he's going through them fast. You better get through here quickly. And so uh, I real quickly finished praying and come around the corner as fast as I could. But I'm thankful for that. Brother John's making it so I get to preach longer tonight. So thank him for that at the end of the service. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Let's turn there. First Thessalonians chapter 4. And I don't intend to keep you long tonight, but... Um, uh, I don't want any of you falling asleep during the service, okay? I know you're tired. You got all that Easter ham in there, and you're kind of sleepy. I just want to leave you with a, a word of encouragement as we conclude our Resurrection Sunday services. A little different area we're going to come from tonight. Very simple thought the Lord kind of gave us this afternoon uh, that I want to share with you. First Thessalonians chapter 4, and a very familiar passage, but usually for different reasons. Usually First Thessalonians 4 is a, a chapter of the Bible that we read uh, in times that we're grieving and in times where uh, maybe even a funeral. But I believe there's some encouragement for us here tonight. So if you're there, let's go ahead and stand together. That way you'll be a little extra away, get that blood pumping. And I'm going to share with you just two or three things. I don't want to get you spoiled. This morning was just two points. And I don't want you to get used to that, okay? First Thessalonians chapter number uh, four, I'm sorry. And look down, if you will, to verse number 13. First Thessalonians four, verse number 13. The Bible says, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Obviously, speaking of those that have gone on to be with the Lord in the faith. The Bible says that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, there's our resurrection right there. Even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. 
For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, watch verse 18. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I believe there's some comfort for us there today. And uh, before we pray, I want to remind you just of a couple of prayer requests. Continue to remember Brother Ballard. Uh, Brother Ballard is, is ongoing in his cancer treatments right now. They're starting to take effect and take a, a toll on him as they usually do. Uh, also remember my mom. My mom was at urgent care most of the day yesterday, still having some complications. And then an answer prayer, Dr. Miller, I think most of us know that he's had some very uh, troublesome tests. So far, so good on, on most of the test returns. Nothing cancerous that we know of. But let's continue to remember these, and then let's pray and ask the Lord to uh, help us in the message. Father, thank you for a wonderful day today. Thank you, Lord, for souls saved. Thank you for hearts that are encouraged. Thank you, Lord, for speaking and leading through your word. And, Lord, I pray you'd help us again tonight, Lord, in this time that we have to open it again. I pray that, Lord, we'd open our heart to receive what you would have for us out of it. I pray, Holy Spirit, tonight we work within our hearts and help us, Father, just realize all the reassurances we get in our daily life as a child of God through the resurrection of Christ. Be with these, Lord, in our church who uh, have serious health issues. Thank you for answered prayer. And, Lord, just bless, I pray, your will be done for us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Wednesday night, we looked at the, resur uh, the uh, crucifixion of Christ and uh, looked at how oftentimes we do look past that. And I mentioned that several times, uh, that the cross is not something we move on from. It's something we move on with. Uh, hence the song, Jesus, Keep Me Near the Cross. Uh, it's something we should never lose sight of in our Christian life. They're not going to re-preach Wednesday night's message, but we should never lose sight of the cross in our Christian life because we're called to be a living sacrifice. And when we see Christ's sacrifice, it gives us a model of the living sacrifice that he's called us to be. Now, the resurrection is the same way. We think the resurrection secures for us our salvation. The payment was made and accepted by God, and we know that now we can have a home in heaven if we put our faith and trust in him, which is wonderful. But the resurrection, just as the crucifixion, is not something we move off of after Easter time, okay? The resurrection is something that should always be in the forefront of the Christian life. Why? Well, the resurrection simply has a lot of daily reassurances for the Christian. Now, I don't know about you, but in the last two to three years, with all that's been going on in our world, I've needed a lot of reassurances, all right? And there are reassurances a politician can't give me, all right? There may be bailouts and there may be tax credits and all of these things, but there's no type of reassurance like the kind that God can give us. And a lot of those reassurances, whether we realize them or not, go back to the resurrection of Christ. So it wouldn't hurt us from time to time in our Christian walk, to go back to the tomb and peer in just to reaffirm in our hearts the tomb is still empty. Now, I have never been to Israel. One day I would like to go. One day I will go, but I'd like to go, you know, in this lifetime. Uh, but one day I want to go, and I want to see the tomb for myself. I know many of you have, Miss Joanne. I believe you've been there, and I think uh, Miss Evelyn has been there, several of our other folks, you've been there. And indeed, you've looked in, and the tomb is indeed empty. That's got to be reassuring. To know that there's nowhere for us to take flowers and lay on the grave of our Savior. Aren't you glad about that? Do you know there's a lot of religions in our world, false religions, false doctrines, or, or, or false uh, beliefs, 
where you can actually go to the grave, to the tomb of where their Savior or their Messiah is at. How sad is that, is that, that they do not serve a risen Savior? And yet we do. And because we do serve a risen Savior, don't you love the fact that the tomb was just borrowed? I love that. It was just borrowed. He wasn't going to need it very long. Uh, It was just kind of a short-term lease, if you will, because he knew he wasn't going to be in there long, and his father was going to raise him up. And still today, we can peer inside of that empty tomb, and we get reassurances for our walk in the daily life as a child of God. I need those. I need those. I mean, look, I've had a great day today, people being saved, God working in our service. I mean, people coming from uh, the door knocking yesterday. What an encouragement that is. But I promise you, there's a little demon running around somewhere between here and my house, and he's going to discourage me. All right, now, I'm not talking about anybody specific. You're trying to think, who is it? Hmm. Who is it? No, it's not a... Now, it could be. I'm being honest with you. Look, don't be that guy. All right? Don't make it weird for any of us. All right? Don't be a discouragement. But I'll promise you, we're going to find things over the next 12 hours that bring us down from the encouragement that we have right now in our heart. And we need reassurances. Well, where can we get those from? I believe we can get some reassurances from the resurrection. Now, I'm not putting our notes up there tonight. I gave the sound guys a a break tonight. You're just going to have to do it the old-fashioned way and pay close attention. Last week, we looked at some reassurances for the remnant. Remember, Nahum chapter 1, verse number 7. Tonight, we're going to get some reassurances directly from the resurrection of Christ. And 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18 really gives us three that I think we need to focus in on. If you will sit up and smile like you did this morning, amen, nod your head, not fall asleep, Uh, we might make it through this quicker than you think. Amen? All right, let's look down to verse 13. The Bible says, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Now, obviously, we're speaking of those who've died in their faith, and there's some comfort being given by our Father. By the way, don't you love the fact that our Father loves us enough to put in Scripture things we're going to need, even oftentimes before we ever need them? All right? You may not have suffered the loss of a loved one, maybe someone close to you, uh, where it grieved you so much, but sooner or later we all will, right? Sooner or later, none of us are Superman, none of us are bionic. Uh, I, listen, I don't care how many vitamins you take. Sooner or later, we're going to get sick. Sooner or later, people are going to die. Thanks be to God, in his inerrant word, he's preserved for us what we're going to need even before we get to that place. He says, I would not have you be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep. Now, note one of the interesting reoccurrences in this verse. If you look down to verse 14, The Bible says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again. So here's this whole passage about comfort and reassurance. And right there in the middle of that passage, we have the resurrection of Christ. It's amazing how many reassurances we can get as a child of God directly from Christ's resurrection. Now, where does the first one come from? Well, it's right there in verse 13. It says, but I would not have you to be ignorant. I think every one of our teachers ought to make that their life's verse. Amen. Put it above the door of our classrooms at Central Baptist School. But I would not, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. Amen. That's why we have a good Christian school. Right there in verse number 13 is the first thing we've got to see here. Paul is reassuring them that they have a different understanding about life, about grief, about troubles, and about trial, specifically about death. 
But Paul's reassuring them that because of the resurrection of Christ, they understand grief differently. Now watch this, number one tonight. The resurrection reassures our understanding. The resurrection reassures our understanding. Now, you see what do you mean by that? Well, obviously the context is speaking of loss and grief. Can I tell you, loss and grief can shake your faith many ways that nothing else can. I know strong Christians. I know people who've had a walk with God. I know people who've been faithful to church. I mean genuine, authentic, rooted, grounded Christians. And suddenly a tremendous loss would come. A loss of life, a loss of a child, a loss of a family member comes their way. And that loss and that grief would have a tendency to shake even the strongest of faiths. And so Paul is telling them, through the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God, in 1 Thessalonians 4, that I want you to know that, yes, you're going to suffer loss and grief, but as a child of God, you understand it differently, all because of the resurrection of Christ. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but I need that kind of reassurance. This morning we had a slideshow during the, um, uh, the presentation and saw so many familiar faces just in the three years I've been here of people that have gone on to be with the Lord. And oh, how it wrenched my heart. But I'll tell you, I have a different understanding than most. You have a different understanding than most. Why? Because the tomb is empty. All right? We haven't lost them. They've just been promoted. All right? You see, so Paul is saying, but watch, look at verse 14. For if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, he's reassuring them about loss and grief, and he's doing it, directly associating it with the resurrection of Christ. Now, folks, we understand differently because Jesus rose from the grave. We understand things differently. We, um, up at the hospital the other day, I was visiting Brother Ballard, and uh, Brother Ballard obviously has cancer right now and is taking treatment, so we're praying that God will heal him of that, and he's praying that God will heal him of that as well. I'm sitting there in his hospital room, and we're talking about it, and it just kind of came out of nowhere. The cancer did. It was kind of a surprise to him. And he says this to me. He says, I know where the road ends. I know the road ends with me being with Jesus. I just don't know the path that it's going to take to get there. Now, we're praying that God heals him. He's praying that God heals him, going through treatments for all of that. But he had a different understanding. How often do people receive a, a terminal diagnosis or a diagnosis period of cancer? And it shakes our world. It rocks our faith. And oh, how the lost must panic and fear and doubt, as many of us might would even be tempted to do the same. But you see, the difference is we understand it differently. Why? Because we know where the road ends. We just don't know what the path is that's going to lead us there. Now, why do we look at that differently? Why was he able to encourage his pastor and he was the one diagnosed with cancer. How was he able to encourage me? I'll tell you why. Because the empty tomb gave him a reassurance. He sees it and understands it differently. Can I tell you tonight what a testimony that would be? In this unpredictable world we're living in. I mean, it is unpredictable. In a world that is seeking stability, what a blessing it would be for lost people to run into a Christian who's dealing with loss or grief or sorrow and even though they are grieved by it, they understand it differently. And then they ask you the million-dollar question. 
It's that fastball down the middle, the one you're waiting for, that perfect pitch. You know, it's not often that people come up to me, sir, what must I do to be saved? All right? You're not going to get a whole lot of them, I assure you. If you do, thank God for that. But you are going to get a whole lot of, why aren't you down and out? Why do you still have joy? Where did you get your peace? Hey, you're going through a trouble. You're going through a trial. Why do you have stability in your life? If I was in your shoes, I would just be in chaos and I would weep and I would cry and I would stay home and just, what's different about you? They're really asking you, sir, what must I do to be safe? They're asking you, where did you get that from? And that's where you tell them about the empty tomb. My Savior lived and bled and died and rose again for me. And even though I may not like what I'm going through, I understand it differently. Why? Verse 14, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Can I ask you, how depressing would it be if this life was it? If we have hope only in this life, we are of all men most miserable. How depressing would that be? Man, we got one life and we had to live that life in 2022? Not fair. I mean, Andy Griffith got to grow up. Mayberry, I know it wasn't real, all right? But, you know, it was a lot better than it is now. Kids got to walk to, <laughs> Brother Pat, Brother laugh at it. Look, kids got to walk to school. I know it was in the snow, an uphill two miles, but you got to walk to school. You get mugged if you try that nowadays. Man, you slept with the windows open. What kind of a lunatic are you? You didn't have a deadbolt? What? I've got tasers by my bed now. Thank you, Miss Judy, for that. She bought me a taser. I hadn't got to use it yet. Maybe if one of those little demons does get after me when we get, yeah, maybe. My wife hates it. When I start going to the house, if you ever want to get somebody's attention, hit a taser. It gets their attention every time. I sleep by my bed, by my head of my bed. I have a nine millimeter pistol and a taser. Man, dumb luck we got. We had to grow up in 2022. Not fair, God. Oh, don't worry about it. This is just the vapor part. All right? This one is just appearing for a little while and vanisheth away. I understand life differently. It's a short-term stop-off. I'm a pilgrim here, all right? This is not home. I'm just, what does the song say? I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Hey, can I tell you something? No matter how bad this gets, I understand it differently. Why? Because the tomb is empty, and one day I'm going where he's at. Man, after a while, somebody might want to have what you have. Say, man, this world's falling apart. Either you're on drugs or you got Jesus. I hope it's Jesus, okay? Make sure it's Jesus. I hope that's what it is. They'll want to have what you have. Why? The resurrection reassures our understanding. Luke chapter 24, verse 6 through 7. What did the angel tell them? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. What did the angel tell them? Here they are. They're worried. They're scared. They're panicked. The angel says, Don't you remember what he said? What was he doing? He was trying to reassure them. He was trying to reassure them. Don't you remember? Don't you remember? Now, what's the problem? What's the problem? I'm going to give it to you, okay? He says in verse 13, but I would not have you to be ignorant. Ignorant. 
The problem today, I believe the reason so many of us have such a struggle with all that's going on around us. Look, I'm not calling you ignorant, all right? Uh, don't, uh, don't roll my yard, nothing like that. But I do believe we're ignorant of what he said. What did the angel say? Don't you remember what he said? Don't you remember what he said? He said that he would be crucified, but he was going to rise again. Hey, what you worried about? He was reassuring them that there was a risen Savior. Now, folks, let's not be what verse 13 says. But I would not have you to be ignorant. Now, here's what I love. When you read this verse, look down, if you will. Um, let's read verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Now, you've got to see this, all right? Watch what this verse is saying. Did it say, don't sorrow? No. It didn't say, don't sorrow. Watch what it says. That ye sorrow not, even as others. Others. Watch this. It says that even our sorrow is different than others because we have an understanding of the resurrection of Christ. We know it's temporal. I've preached many funerals, unfortunately, where that person had made no profession of faith in Christ. I preached a funeral in Collins, Mississippi, many years ago of a young man. Well, he wasn't too terribly young, but he's about my age now. So, I, yes, he was young, young man. And uh, lived it up, lived riotously in rebellion and was proud of it. Proud of it. They called me in to preach the funeral. He never came to our church, but his brother did. They called me in to preach the funeral. I sat down with the family, and I searched, and I scratched, and I clawed, trying to find a testimony. At some point in his life, he put his faith and trust in Christ. Wasn't there. Wasn't there. I mean, not even a semblance of it. I said, well, can you tell me something he did good? They said he liked to catfish, and he could build cabinets. So at his funeral, I got up, and I said, you know what? So-and-so liked to catfish. And he was good at building cabinets. But if he were here today, the one thing he would want you to know before, without a shadow of a doubt is if you died, you went to heaven. Now, I hope he was saved, but boy, that funeral was tough. Why? Because this was the best he would ever see if he'd yet to trust Christ. And yet when we have these funerals here, as tough as they are, even seeing some of the pictures this morning, as tough as that is, we understand it differently. We sorrow not even as others. You see, watch this. It's different for us. It's different for us. For those who have put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, yes, it is hard. And yes, life is grievous at times. But understanding that this is a vapor, and one day, if they were saved, I'm going to see them again in a much better place. We understand it differently, and we have a reassurance. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 through 12. Turn there with me, if you will. I'm going to show you something. It's just to your left, a few pages. Colossians chapter 1. Look at verse number 9. Listen to what Paul says. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with knowledge of his will. Watch this, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. 
You see, that's what we get after we get saved, spiritual understanding. We look at life differently. We look at death differently. We have spiritual understanding. But watch what happens once we get that, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all, watch this, hang on, patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Like, well, wait a minute. I was excited about the whole spiritual knowledge stuff, but now we're getting down into patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. You see, that's what spiritual understanding brings. When we know that Jesus is sitting on the right hand of, of the Father, and we know that he rose, and because he rose, we will arise. We have spiritual understanding. That helps us have patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Watch verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Notice that inheritance. You're able to be patient and long-suffering joy, joyful. Why? Because there's an inheritance. You understand it differently. This ain't it. Amen. Number one. Resurrection gives us reassurance of our understanding. Number two, go back to 1 Thessalonians 4. The Bible says, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Them which are asleep. As I mentioned, we know these are those who have died in faith. No, they're not asleep in the ground. They're with the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. Now, watch this. Not only do we get a reassurance of our understanding... But then we get to offer a reassurance to those who don't have it. Number two, the resurrection reassures our offering. Now think about this. COVID has made everybody a little bit gun shy when it comes to health. All right, everybody's a little bit worried about how fragile life is. I don't know if it was mentioned before I came out here. Uh, I, got, I was speaking with Brother Brent this afternoon, and uh, he's, uh, he's always encouraging our services, and he says, look, he said, I hope things went well. No matter how bad things went at your church today, I promise you they were worse at ours. I'm like, all right. Speak on. I trust Brother Brent. I'm thinking, well, it must be a doozy. He said, we had someone die in our service this morning. Easter service. Someone died. They had to carry them out of the service this morning. Just like that. How fragile life is. Life is fragile. This world right now knows life is fragile. Many of the pictures up there, many of those people were here when I moved here three years ago, and yet the scourge of this virus took a toll on people's bodies and has brought a lot of grief and a lot of sorrow and a lot of death. So why are you saying all of that? People are looking for a reassurance that there's a life after this one. Now watch what he said. I would not have you to be ignorant concerning them which are asleep. Do you know there's that old phrase, the only things that are certain in life are death and taxes? I think it's death. I know some folks who don't pay any taxes, okay? So I think it's just death, to be honest with you. And by the way, we will all die if the Lord doesn't return. One out of every one die if the Lord doesn't return. So watch this. Not only does the resurrection of Christ reassure us in our understanding of this life, 
Watch what it does. It reassures what we have to offer to people. People are looking right now. People know that life is fragile. Everyone has had someone that they know that's been touched by this scourge, God's judgment, I believe, on our planet. Everyone knows somebody's been touched by this stuff. And they know that life is fragile. And what a blessing that we can offer a reassurance to them that there's a life after this one that's much better than this one. Now look down, if you will, verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with them. Now notice how emphatic that verse is. It didn't say if we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so, maybe those which sleep in Jesus might God bring with him. No, it's an emphatic statement that he will. That's what people are looking for. I mean, look, I mean, we spend millions and billions of dollars as a people uh, throughout an entire year just trying to keep ourselves alive, don't we? And when we go to the doctor, we, get, we take medicines and vitamins. My daughter was so not feeling well the other day, she asked for a shot. That's why I knew the Lord's about to come back. I mean, it's like, no, no, no. I said, bud, I mean, give you a steroid shot in your hip, you know, boom, they hit you, you just feel good. Uh, my wife, every time she gets a steroid shot, she feels like cleaning. She stays up late cleaning the house, man. She's just like, woo, you know, color coordinates my shirts in the closet and sock drawer and all that kind of stuff. I said, Miley, I said, you, and she said, dad, okay, recital's coming up. I want to make sure that I can play in the recital, so I want to go get a shot. And we're sitting there, and she squeezes my hand the whole time. And after it was over, she says, is that it? Spent three or four hours getting that done, paying for the shot, got a prescription, all of this. Do you know why we do that? We, we're trying to survive. We want to live. Can I tell you, people are looking for a spiritual answer in this world we're living in today. They want to live Look, they know that life is fragile. They're going to do everything they can to prolong the day. But all of us, if the Lord doesn't come back, we're going to die. No matter what, look, our date has been selected. God knows that our days are numbered. So therefore, what does the resurrection do? The resurrection reassures our offering. We have something to offer. I love the song, There is a Fountain. Probably my favorite verse is about the dying thief. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. I think about that thief. Can I ask you something? When he's hanging on the cross, was he making plans for his retirement? When the thief was hanging on the cross, was he thinking about what he was going to do when he got down? Oh, no. When he's hanging there, he starts thinking about his own mortality. That, hey, if things go the way things look, they're going, I'm not coming down. And I'm going to die shortly. And he starts thinking about, you know what, I wish I had a reassurance. When I stand up and take my last breath, that there's a life after this one. So he turns to Christ, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. He says, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Do you know what Jesus gave him? Reassurance. He gave him reassurance. That there's reassurance after this life. Folks, everybody knows right now we're going through trouble. And life is fragile. The people this, this pandemic has touched and people it has, it's amazing at how uh, the variety has been so odd of some that, that have been taken and some that have not. We don't know. But one thing we do know is there's a life after this one. 
And because the tomb was empty, we have a reassurance we can offer them. They know they're going to sleep. 2 Chronicles 15, 4. Listen what the Bible says about God's people. But when they, in their trouble, did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. Could we all say we're in trouble in America? We're in trouble. You know what people do when they get in trouble? They turn and look. I need an answer. I need an answer. And we have a reassurance because of the empty tomb. Number two, the resurrection reassures our offering, what we have to offer people. And then finally, I'll give you this and we'll close. The Bible says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which also, also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Now notice the last part of verse number 14. That's important. Verse 15 continues the thought. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the what? Coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. What's amazing is here in just two, three verses, we see the resurrection of Christ and the return of Christ in the same passage. Now that's important for us. Why? Number three, the resurrection reassures us of Christ's coming. The resurrection reassures us of Christ's coming. Paul says here, Jesus, the Bible says, those which sleep in Jesus will God bring with them, and then speaks about the coming of the Lord. We look at Christ's track record. He said he was coming. He came. He said he would die, and he did. He said he would rise, and he did. And then he went away. But what did he say in John 14, 2 and 3? He says, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go. I go. What's he going to do? He's going to prepare a place. You see, a beautiful picture. We've talked a lot about this lately, uh, of the Jewish wedding ceremony, of going to prepare the place and then coming to receive your bride. Beautiful picture. We'll talk about it another, another date and another sermon. But he says, if I go, I will come. Now, how do you think those disciples felt? When he ascended in Acts, the book of Acts, when he ascends, Acts chapter 1, verse 11, what did the angel tell them? It says, just as you see him going, he's coming. The disciples start thinking to themselves, you know. He said he was going to come, he's going to live, he's going to die, he was going to rise again, and he's going to go away, and then he's going to come back. So far, they're like, check, 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 check. Guess what? He's coming. And the resurrection of Christ and the empty tomb just further validates for the child of God that Jesus is truly coming again. And as a child of God, watch, I can look back to the tomb and see that he's not there and it encourages me to exhort them so much the more as we see the day approaching. Why? Because he's coming. And that reassures my walk with God on a daily basis. Folks, I don't know about you, but I need reassurance. I need reassurance. Sometimes I get my eyes off God and start to sink a little bit in the waves. But oh, if we would from time to time go back and peer into that empty tomb, we'll realize he's not there. And he promised that if he wasn't there, he was going to prepare a place. And we know that if he's gone to prepare the place, he's going to come again. And that reassurance strengthens my resolve to be about God's business till he comes. Now, I don't know about you folks, but I need to know that I serve a risen Savior on a daily basis. 
not just Easter. Sometimes you ought to go back in your scriptures and go back and you read the gospels and go look in the tomb again. He's not there. And what does that reassurance do? It helps you understand life. Paul says here, don't be ignorant. All right? That sounds mean. I'm not being mean. Don't be ignorant. All right? Don't let circumstances shake you. Don't let trouble and sorrow shake you. Why? We understand it differently. And then for those that are asleep, we have something to offer them. We knocked on the door yesterday. Me, Leslie, and Miley went uh, off of 28th Avenue, and we're walking down. We knocked on this door. Nobody came to the door, and I stuck a track there in their door, and we walked away. The lady came out and hollered. She says, hey. I said, uh, good afternoon, whatever, good morning, whatever time it was. And I said, hey, here's who we are. Here's what we're doing. I just want to invite you out to our Easter service. We'd love to have you come and be a part. She says, well, I have a church, and I want to invite you to my church. And I'm like, well, I came first. No, I didn't tell her that. It's like, well, you come to my house. I came to your house, okay? I came first. I may be coming years later. I asked her what church it was, and it was a church, uh, not a a like faith church, and uh, different salvation, and uh, and different gospel, false doctrine. Boy, last night when we got home, and we had our, our prayer time together as a family, we prayed for that lady. The Holy Spirit of God would stir her heart, and she'd read that gospel track. Because she doesn't know it, but when we gave her that gospel track, we offered her assurance. Hey, come to Central. It's not just to be a part of Central. It's to hear the good news that the tomb is empty. And you can have a reassurance beyond this life. It gives reassurance to what we offer others. And then finally, the resurrection of Christ gives us a reassurance of Christ's return. Folks, I don't know how in my feeble mind it could be much longer. I sent Brother Ben a, a, a text the other day or an article. I think Brother Michael sent me the article, and I sent it to Brother Ben about how now they're working on the, uh, getting the chips. Folks are putting those chips in their palm. They're able to pay for stuff nowadays, you know. You don't have, hey, it's kind of handy, huh? I have to carry your wallet and all that and uh, put it in people's hands. And I'm like, it's all coming together. It's all coming together. Now, we didn't have to see all of that to know. We can look at the empty tomb to know Jesus is coming again. And as the Bible says in Hebrews, let's exhort one another so much the more as we see the day approaching. He's just got one box left to check. And until he comes, let's be about our Father's business. Heads are bowed tonight. Let's stand to our feet.